you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, we get to look at verses 31 and 32. It's our privilege today. If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one close to you, uh, underneath the seat in front of you. Feel free to take that out if you would like. Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. I want you to know Today, that the God of heaven loves to make things grow. He loves to make things grow. And I'm sweetly reminded today that the God of heaven and that he loves to make things grow. The God of heaven is one who is filled with life. God is filled with life Today, he is filled with life evermore. In other words, God is not dead. Amen. God's not dead. Understand that the God of heaven, death has no hold on him. The God of heaven recognized that death, it does not influence him. Death, it does not impact him. It has no part with him. For death to God, it's about as significant or dangerous as an empty Snickers bar wrapper. Okay? It's not important. That every heart would know today that this God of life, this God who loves to grow things, He is a God of renewal, not a God of decay. He's a God of light and not of darkness, a God of birth. And not murder, hope, not despair, and joy, not fear. For God loves to make things grow. His kingdom, his church, and his child. God loves to make things grow. Why would I suggest such a thing? Think about the first words that came from his mouth. You remember God's inaugural speech. What did he say? Let there be. He spoke. He said, let there be. They were words of creation. They were words of life. Words of existence. Let there be, he said. Think about his first command. What was his first command? Multiply, he said. That was God's first command to us, that we would multiply. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. It was a command to grow. Know today that God loves to make things grow. And in our passage of scripture, 
we see his emphasis on growth, his emphasis on addition and, and multiplication. That emphasis is within the context of the kingdom of God. His emphasis of growth is upon the context, within the context of his kingdom. When we talk about kingdom and the kingdom of, of God, what we mean is we're talking about God's stretch. Okay, we mean God's rule. We're talking about his uh, dominion, his reach. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the God-filled. It's the God-recognized reality. And know today that God loves to make his kingdom grow. And get this, because this is where you and I come in to all this, right here. God has willed that he would grow his kingdom through his church. Okay, God has willed that he would grow his kingdom through his church. And then listen, as he grows his church, he grows his child. Okay, God has willed that he would grow his kingdom through his church and he will grow his church as he grows his child, meaning you. Okay? Each day, understand what we're saying here, that as I grow up as a child of God, each day once the Spirit of Christ has been imparted to me through faith in Christ and, and his spirit indwells me. It fills me up. It's, it's he who's working in me each day that I'm conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. As God grows his child, so the church grows. So God grows the church and so he grows his kingdom. You see, I grow, the church grows, the kingdom grows. God is over that all. God loves to make things grow. And listen, I want you to have confidence today that when I say God is really good at making things grow, I want you to have the confidence that God, he is really good at that. God is really good at growing his kingdom. God is really good at growing his church. And I want you to know today that God, he is very good at growing you. God can do that. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Our passage says that the kingdom of heaven began with the smallest of seeds. The kingdom of heaven began with the smallest of seeds and so it was that the father came and he placed that seed, that kingdom seed in the heart of a man, a small man. Genesis chapter 17 tells us that when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. God said, I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God. 
and the God of your descendants after you. I will give you the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. And then subsequently in Hebrews chapter 11, we read about uh, what happened. It said that Abraham, he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, it says. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. No way to count them. Understand the kingdom of heaven. It began with the smallest of seeds. But see, God loves to make things grow. God loves to make things grow. He loves to make his kingdom grow. When it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. Matthew says it becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. You know, I think about in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10. And I read that passage to you where it said that that Abraham, he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city that was designed and was built by God. And I want you to know today that, that Abraham, as he was able to look forward in confidence... So you and I can understand that, that he who, that, that God of the mustard seed, he who is the, the God of the growing tree, he has not, he does not, and he will not fail. Okay? The God of the mustard seed, the God of the growing tree, he has not, he does not, he will not fail. Abraham looked confidently ahead. And so can we. You know, Daniel 6.26 says, For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. Listen, his kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule never end, it says. God loves to grow his kingdom and take heart that he will not fail in that. He will not fail. And so in light of that then... In light of the surety of kingdom growth, my encouragement is this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust, nor dust corrupt, and where thieves do not break through, nor steal. You know, maybe we could say there, burn the plow and cook the cow, right? Leave it, store up, not here. Store in heaven. You know, in Matthew chapter 13, we find this parable, uh, the parable of the mustard seed. It's, it's in a cluster uh, of kingdom parables. And you can read in these stories that Jesus told. And they talk about farmers and they talk about weeds and pearls and nets. There's even a story about dough in there, if 
you want to read it. There's a story about dough. But you know, all those parables in Matthew 13, all those parables, they say one thing and it is this, that the kingdom of God is totally worth it. That's what it says. The kingdom of God is worth it. Primacy of kingdom, highest order, first importance. May God make it so in my heart today. May he make it so in my heart that primacy of kingdom is foremost in me. God loves to make his kingdom grow. And he does that as he grows his church God loves to make his church grow. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. Okay, it'll endure it, saying, and listen, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Again, we see that God, he places the seed, his church growing seed, his kingdom flowing seed. God places his kingdom seed in the heart of a man. He placed it in Abraham and he placed it in Peter. And he said, through you, Peter, I will build through you. I will multiply through you. I will grow my church. And notice That in that passage, God said, Peter, I will build my church. God said, I will build my church. And I would encourage you to not miss the significance there because the significance is huge. Okay, mammoth implications, big deal when we see that God says, I am the one who will build my church. Because listen, God grows the church. Okay, do you, do you understand that? I mean, I think, you know, I need to process that in my heart sometimes, but it's the reality that God is the one who grows the church. It's not me, in other words. God grows the church. And you know, we see that in Acts chapter 2. And verse 47, that's within the, the context of those, uh, those beginning believers, that beginning uh, church there. And the verse says that each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Okay? Each day it was the Lord added. You see? It's the Lord. God is the one who adds. God is the one who grows His church. And I'm praying that he be the one who grows this church. And I know you are too. That God would be the one who would grow living streams community church. That there would be no other influence here. That there would be no other rhyme. That there would be no other 
reason here than the movement of the Spirit of God through His people. That God would grow this church. That's what we want, isn't it? We want God to do what He does better than I do. You know, I was listening a while back uh, to Francis Chan. And Francis Chan's like a really popular Christian uh, writer and preacher. And I would argue that he is like super good at it. <laughs> um, but I thought it was so interesting what he said and, and such an encouragement. Because Francis Chan said, he said, you know, I can fill a church. He was speaking to a group of pastors. And he said, you know, I can fill a church. And Francis Chan said, I can get people to cry. And he said, I can get people to walk down the aisle and and I can get people to kneel down at the altar. But Francis Chan said, what I can't do is get them to give their entire life to Jesus. That's true. That's so true. He said, what I can't do is get them to give themselves to Jesus, surrender themselves to Jesus. He said, what I can't do is make them like Jesus. He's right. For God is the one working in you. God is the one who gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God's the one that grows the church. May He be the one who grows this one. So what does that mean for living streams? You know, are there any like practical implications, uh, that idea that that God is the one uh, that grows uh, the church. Um, And my confident answer is that I don't know. (laughs) But I feel it's a confident answer because I'm confident in that God does know. I'm confident that God does know what is in store for us, that he has a purpose, he has a vision, and he will reveal it as he sees fit. You know, I was thinking about uh, the parable of, of the mustard seed, and so this is my this is my mustard seed here. And I was thinking about so where does living streams? Where do we fit in to this this grand kingdom of God picture? So we understand that that this is the this is the mustard seed. And understand that that throughout the ages, this is the strong trunk that has grown up from that one seed. And from that that strong trunk, the kingdom of God has, has grown and it's expanded. It's multiplied. It's filled. And I just got to thinking this week, you know, like where, where are we here? On this tree, and I want you know maybe maybe we're like maybe we're like right here you know in, in two thousand and I'll even in two thousand and eight LSCC right we began and so right now maybe I don't know you know maybe living streams you know we're right here in, in the the big grand scheme of God's picture and so the question for us to wait and see with expectation leaning in faith. Looking to our risen Lord is this, is well, what's going to happen here? 
Now, it could be that, that man, God, for whatever reason, in his sovereignty, he sees fit to move. And, boy, there he's like, man, I'm going to. I'm going to expand, I'm going to build, and, and he just makes living streams into this big old trunk. And that'd be cool, you know. I'm fine with that. But we need to recognize that God doesn't always do that. You know, you can see in Acts that sometimes, you know, God added little by little. Sometimes God added in great numbers. God doesn't always do trunks, okay. It could be that living streams were here And then over the years, there'll be little bitty branches and God will grow and God will move as he so sees fit. And that would be okay too. Because as long as we're faithful, we know that God is growing the church. You know that thing about Acts chapter 2. That passage I read about where God was adding to their number daily. You know what those believers were doing as God was doing that as he was adding to their number They were following him all out. They were devoted. They had let go of the the plow. They burned the plow. I mean, they they cooked the cow. And they were seeking after Christ. And it was in that context that the Lord was adding. But my point of this is just to encourage you that Abraham, in the same way, he had confidence that God would do what he set out to do. And you and I can have confidence, whatever the end may be, that God will accomplish what he will, what he wants to. For it is not by force, it's not by strength, it is not by might, says the Lord but by my spirit. God loves to make things grow. He loves to make his church grow. And God loves to make his child grow. For the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. Notice that last phrase, the birds come and perch. I want you to know today, friend, that God has a branch for you. The God of the growing tree, he has a branch for you Today, he has a place for you to come. He has a place for you to sit. He has a place for you to learn from him and grow. (laughs) Remember the story of Zacchaeus? Climbed into that tree. What did he do? He sat in those branches so that he could watch Jesus pass by. So that he could watch Jesus and understand that if, if you and I, if we will, will, will climb up into that tree that he has made for us, if we will sit down, if we will look out to him, understand that Jesus Christ, as he did for Zacchaeus, he will do for you. He will stop and he will turn And he will speak to your heart. 
know that the God of the growing tree, he is faithful and good and entirely able to take you from wherever you are today and raise you up on a secure branch. A secure branch. Did you know that there is no real strength in the world? There is no real strength in the world. This world, it's made of plastic, right? A lot of plastic. It's hollow. It's brittle. Somebody, you know, they threw a plastic chair in the dumpster yesterday and to dig it out. Jeez. It's broken Warped and, and wobbly. It was one of those green chairs, you know, that they have, those plastic green outdoor chairs. It was not a secure seat. And the world where they offer you to sit is not secure. It will not hold you on the day when it must. That chair. It will not hold you on the day when it must. But with Jesus Christ and through faith in the work of Christ, there is a safe, there is a solid, there is a strong seat in which you can sit. May we take heart today as Matthew 6 tells us, look at the birds. They don't harvest or plant or store food in your barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, wildflowers (laughs) that are here today and are gone tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Certainly care for you. So don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father knows all your needs. Therefore, hey, application, what's he going to tell me to do? He says, seek the kingdom of God. Hey. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, it says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Friend, everything that you need today, it is found in the growing tree. And I cannot convince you of that, but the Spirit of Christ can. Everything you need is in that tree. And as God grows his child... He grows you. He grows his church. As God grows his church, he grows his kingdom. God loves to make things grow. So we're in this series, right? And it's called uh, Multiply. And last week, we talked about calling, right? We talked, the whole idea was, was that Jesus is calling me. And we saw... Uh, in, in Kings, that call of Elisha to burn the plow and cook the cow, uh, to let go, we were talking about letting go of the things that are not of God and attending to the things that are 
of God. And I wonder today, can you hear a call for growth coming from the heart of God? As we're reading these passages and looking through these scriptures, can you hear a call for growth coming from God? You know, last week I mentioned uh, that list of new names that Pastor Greg was super uh, excited about. People who've begun to attend Living Streams uh, recently. But you know, something I want you to know about that is as a church, we're not doing anything different here. Okay, we're not doing anything different than, than what we've always done. I mean, we've, we've not implemented a, a new strategy. Okay, I didn't, I didn't read a new book. Pastor Greg didn't read a new book. You didn't, I'm assuming, read a new uh, book that just totally changed your mind, your head on, you know, church methodology and our ways of, of doing things. Okay, we're not doing anything new here. It's God. Okay? Understand that Living Streams, if you don't know anything about us, Living Streams is a simple church. <laughs> now, what does that mean? When I use the term simple church, I mean that we believe that God has ordained the function and the purpose of the church in his word, which namely is to preach his word. Why do we preach the word? We do it in order to equip, equip those whom God has called. And we do it to grow his kingdom. And it's done all for this reason, the glory of God. It's done for the glory of God alone, for God is the one who does the growing. You know, I've I've said over and over, God loves to make things what? Grow, Grow, right. Do you know why? I haven't told you why. (laughs) It's for his glory. It's for his esteem and it's for his fame. That's why we are meant to, To multiply. Understand we are destined to multiply for the glory of God alone. To say it in the Latin is soli deo gloria. That can be your fancy fancy word for the day here. Soli deo gloria. It means for the glory of God alone. You want to say it with me? That way guys when your wife gets home you're like hey babe. Soli deo gloria. Let's try it. Soli Deo Gloria, for the glory of God alone. Is it any wonder, I was thinking about the Ten Commandments this week, is it any wonder that in God's instructions to us, in God's instructions for how He would live it, He would have us live our life, is it any wonder that those instructions Totally begin with him. They begin with him. In Exodus 20 it says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. He said, I am the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God, he said, but me. He said, you must not make for yourself an idol or any kind of an image of anything. In the heavens or on the earth or in the sea, you must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
who will not tolerate your affection for another. You must not misuse, he says, the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Soli, Deo, Gloria. For the glory of God alone. Acts 17.28 says, In him we live, in him we move, in him I have my being. Are you living like that? Soli Deo Gloria, for the glory of God alone. You know, I read an article this week in Christianity Today. And it was about Johann Sebastian Bach. And of course, Bach, he was arguably uh, the, the greatest composer in the history of Western music. And he was a man whose staunch faith informed his life, his career, and his view of music. The article said that that Bach believed that music was a refreshment of spirit, as some of the title pages of his work stated. He believed that music was a powerful tool for the proclamation of the gospel, as his cantatas Passions and other compositions clearly show. And ultimately, he believed that music brought glory to God. And as I was studying more about Bach, I listened to Dr. Stephen uh, Nichols. And uh, Dr. Nichols is a a historical uh, Christian theologian. He's president of Reformation Bible College uh, in Florida. And he said this. He said that Bach would sometimes write J.J., At the beginning of a composition, whether he was writing something for a court or for his friend or for the church, he would begin his work by writing J.J. at the top of the page. And Nichols said when he was done, he would add the initials S.D.G. at the bottom. All right, so this is what it's saying that that when Bach, when he would would write music or he would send a a letter, he would put J.J., the initials JJ at the top and at the bottom he would put SDG. Now why would he do that? The initials JJ are Latin for Yesu Yuva, which means Jesus help. Jesus help. Understand that Bach, he was petitioning the help of Christ in that moment for that work. He was asking Jesus to help him. And then SDG, why would he write SDG at the bottom? Soli Deo Gloria, right? For the glory of God alone. At the beginning of the work, Jesus, I need your help. Impossible to do good apart from you. Down at the bottom, I've done it. I've done the work to which you've called. Now may it be only and solely for the glory of God alone. Are you living like that? Are we living like that? Where we begin the day. Yesu Yuva, Jesus help. You are my one petition, my one source for strength and ending for the glory of God. This was done. That's a beautiful life that can begin and can end like that.
Yesu Yuva Soli Deo Gloria. And just as a side note, I do want to mention Bach was a mighty fan of multiplication. He had over 20 children. Okay, so he was really into to the growing, the growing call. 20 kids. But it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. God loves to make things grow. He loves to make his kingdom grow. He loves to make his church grow. And friend, he wants to grow you today. I want you to think about that for a moment. If you just bow your heads and maybe just meditate for a moment on that wonder of wonders. <laughs> the God of heaven wants to use me. So often I. I feel pretty broken, pretty broken down and, and useless. I, a lot of times, feel like an old green chair that's that's been drug out of the dumpster and scorned. <laughs> look at all my blemishes. Look at all my cracks. Of what worth am I? But God, you love to make things grow. And I praise you for that. I praise you that you don't want me to live in mire and grease and trash. But you want me to live on high with you. And Jesus, I just pray that you would call each heart here today. That they would sit in your strong tree. And as you walk by, that they would respond. That they would call out. That they would stand up today. And that they would begin to walk in the way of Christ. What freedom is found in you what strength and security is found in you forgive me God when I've turned aside when I've looked away for I was wrong it's in Jesus name we pray Amen